Hello, my lovely. This is the Anxious Entrepreneur Podcast, and I am Carrie Lemansky Straub, the chief weirdo around here. What I know to my core is this. Women with anxiety create some of the most incredible businesses on the internet, and that it also comes with unique challenges. This podcast is designed to give you business mentorship and strategies, plus anxiety tips and tools as well. I'm just like you, and I have so much to teach you. And sometimes I'm even funny and full of sweary sarcasm. So if that is your jam, please subscribe, rate on Apple, and come back every Wednesday for the latest and greatest. Now let's get to the show. Hello, my lovelies, and welcome back to The Anxious Entrepreneur. It's Carrie, the chief weirdo and CEO of Carrie Out Loud. Welcome back if you're back, if you're returning and if you're new, welcome. I'm so glad to have you and I'm really excited to, um, to speak with you today. So a couple of things. This is going to be more of like a personal episode because I wanted to share some things that are going on behind the scenes. And this is, um, one of my favorite delivery systems because I feel like we're sitting down in my living room, kind of cozying up with a coffee or a tea and just having chat, having a chat amongst girlfriends. So that's kind of the vibe of this podcast. It has evolved over time, thankfully. Um, I no longer write out my episodes in the beginning. I think for like the first 25 episodes, I would write everything out. And then finally, I was able to just start riffing. And that makes me happy because then I'm not reading. I'm just coming to you from my gut and my heart. And whatever I say is what's meant to come out. So I'm loving that. Um, So here are a couple of updates for you. Update number one. I turn 50. Ah! <laughs> I may look 12, but I did just turn 50. And I didn't say 15, like 1-5. I mean like 5-0. For the first few days of being 50, I called it 5-0 because I just wasn't ready to say the word 50. Um, but my stepmom, who I love dearly, gave me this fantastic new t-shirt and it says um, vintage 1973, 50 years of being awesome. And I love her for that. But it was so funny because it says vintage. And I was in the DMs with one of my girlfriends. Um, we were talking about being older, being, you know, not being 35, not, you know, and having different experience and being able to bring different experience into our businesses. And then the people who we're interacting with who are younger, who can come in and take our knowledge because we have more in our tool belts that we can gift to you. And I just thought it was a beautiful conversation because she, she made me realize that it's not a thing that I should be having a hard time with and giving myself a hard time about. It should be something I'm celebrating. And I know I told you in the the last episode, maybe I didn't. Oh, yes, I did. Uh, About when I was being asked what I wanted to do for my 50th birthday. And I said, nothing. (laughs) Because I truly didn't want to do anything because I was like, what am I celebrating? I'm 50. Oh my God. You know, talking like that to myself. Of course, that was my mind talking to me, not 
the truth that was all a bunch of stories and crap and garbage because the story was, <sighs> I'm old now. Who's going to want to work with me? Isn't that stupid? Like, I'm older now. Who wouldn't want to work with me? I have more <laughs> experience under my belt. I have 25 years of, of business experience. Like, what the fuck is that about? I should be like celebrating and like tooting my horn all over the place. The fact that I'm 50 and I've gone through all of these experiences and I've grown businesses and helped women. And like, I should be celebrating that. So today is the first day where I finally like, I'm celebrating this because my body has kept me alive for 50 years. There are people who do not make it out of the womb. There are people who do not make it five minutes. There are people who make it to my new favorite person. I think she's 122 years old and 156 days. I saw this little interview with her. I'm just in love with her. She quit smoking because she can't light her own cigarettes anymore. I was dying. I was laughing. I was like, oh my God, I love you. I think she's in France. You know, so um, there are a lot of incredible humans who don't start anything and don't start the thing they're meant to do, their passion, until they're a little bit older and have a little bit more experience under their belt and really decide where it is they want to go. So after having these negative feelings about turning this age because, you know, I have a little neck sag and, you know, I don't look like all the pretty, you know, cuties on Instagram. But my wisdom and what's in my mind and my talents and what I can teach and share and educate on and gift to them so that when they get my age, they can do the same thing to the women behind them. This is an age to celebrate. So today I'm proclaiming that I celebrate that I've made it to 50. I also celebrate the fact that every time I tell someone I'm 50, they're like, no, you're not. <laughs> and I'm like, I think I love you. We're going to be besties <laughs> because they tell me I don't look my age. And I, and I tell them my three secrets. You guys want to know my three secrets? Here you go. You didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you anyway. One, I exercise almost every single day. So that means I break a sweat. So that means... I'm sweating anything gross out of my body through my skin. So that's number one. Number two, I drink a shit ton of water. I don't, I rarely drink anything that's not water. Um, if I do drink something alcoholic, which is super rare, you can order me a lemon drop. I love those fucking things. Uh, besides that, I drink water or soda water. I had a horrible Diet Coke habit when I was, um, I would say I finally ended it in about 2010. I used to drink 100 ounces of Diet Coke a day. Yeah. And then I saw a video that showed a rusted nail, uh, what happened after 24 hours of drink, of putting it in Diet Coke and the fact that the rust was gone. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what that's doing to the inside of my body and made a bold decision to come off of soda. And coming down off of Diet Coke was really hard because there's a lot of chemicals and things that are in there that take a month or so to get out of your body. It's pretty wild, right? So it took me about two months 
I transferred from Diet Coke to Barks Root Beer, which still had the caffeine, but didn't have the artificial sweetener because the artificial sweetener was the first thing I wanted to get rid of. Then I went from Barks to iced tea. Then I went from iced tea to half iced tea, half water. And then I went down to water and I've been there ever since. Every once in a while, maybe I'll have a root beer, but water. Water has been my my queen since I can remember. And any of you have seen that post out there, it's like, you know, like, do you have your mental health water bottle? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> it has a handle. It's a Stanley. Um, yeah, I'm just like everybody else. I, I, I bought the Kool-Aid. I bought the Stanley because I keep fucking up my my hydro flasks and I'm like, I'm, I'm done fucking up these hydro flasks. I haven't done one single thing to this Stanley. Why? It has a handle. So it's helped my 50-year-old ass not keep dropping shit because that's part of my ADHD is knocking shit over. <laughs> I have a friend who every time uh, she knocks something over and spills something, she sends me a message she's like, oh, I spilled something I thought of you because <laughs> we used to go to the same gym together and it was hilarious. The third thing that keeps me young is acting immature. <laughs> And I don't mean acting immature as in being rude or saying snarky or mean things to people, but I mean keeping my fucking sense of humor, even on my worst days, doing the best that I can to keep a fucking sense of humor because life is too short. Life is too short to live in misery. And if there is a way that you can laugh once a day, you win. Even if you're in the worst place you've been in a really long time and you can find one thing to laugh at in a day, you've done something for yourself. I truly, truly believe laughter is medicine. Humor is medicine. It's healing. Think about a time when you were young and and, and you and your friends, maybe you were in high school or junior high. Think of a good time because I hated high school for the most part. So we'll go more to like my early 20s. I just laughed a lot. I just kept my sense of humor, even though I didn't always know what was going on with me, what was going on with my brain. I just knew that keeping a sense of humor was important. And one of my favorite memes I've seen, and I've seen it around, and if you're on Instagram, you may have seen it around, but it says, um, it says, um, oh gosh, now I can't remember it. It'll come back to me, but it's about like, did you, uh, are you normal or, or did you, <sighs> dang it. It's something about trauma and being funny. It's like, if you've had trauma, you're funny, right? <laughs> and I don't mean to make fun of trauma because trauma is not something to make fun of. But for some reason, people who go through trauma, which I have, at several different points in my life, it, it, it makes you funny <laughs> because it's like, well, this is really fucked up. So I have to like balance it out with humor. So uh, sometimes trauma can also make us fucking hilarious. And there's a few accounts on Instagram that prove my point, like so hardcore that, you know, having had some trauma just makes you hilarious. So um, those are my three things. The immaturity being the sense of humor, 
And like sometimes legitimately the sense of humor of a 17 year old boy, like I have a dirty ass mind. Like if I said half the things out loud that I thought "Mm, I might get fired as a friend (laughs) because I'm still feel so young. So I smile a lot. Not that women are meant to or forced to be smiling, but smiling makes me feel good because usually it means I'm laughing. Laughter is medicine, drinking a lot of water and moving the body, getting some sweat. So there are some pearls of wisdom from your newly 50-year-old friend, Carrie, out loud. The next thing I wanted to share with you is the next part of my journey through my ADHD diagnosis. As a matter of fact, I have an appointment at three o'clock. So um, I'm excited to share this next part with you. So I want to talk to those of you who experience anxiety and depression. Because one thing I have come to find is that with all the reading and everything that I've been doing is that we actually end up having ADHD and we're misdiagnosed uh, like 70% of the time. So if you feel anxiety and depression, but there are still other things that you just are like, but why can't I do this and this and that? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. I'm on my meds. I'm doing everything I should be doing, but like doing laundry is the bane of my existence and I will not do it until I like have to. And I'm picking up clothes and I'm smelling them to make sure that, oh, you know, I only wore it once. You laugh. Some of you will laugh like, oh, that's weird. Others of you will laugh like, yep, did that just this morning, you know? Um, we ADHDers just have these really funny things. Like we cannot do dishes for the life of us, but put us in a crisis and we are on it. We got you. We got your back. It's actually an asset to running a business is that if anything, if there's a fire, we live life with like putting out fires. (laughs) Like that's our jam. You know, it's a superpower. Um, But what my doctor put me on was uh, Ritalin, and he gave it to me twice a day, so it's short-acting. And I'm going to talk to him today to see if he has a version that's more of an extended release. I know that there's a lot of people out there right now having a hard time getting their medication because of, one, we had the supply chain issue, and two more women are being diagnosed with ADHD because that's what's actually wrong with us. Not wrong. Let me rephrase that. That's actually the correct diagnosis. So I was listening one time recently to Trevor Noah, who has ADHD, and he said his therapist, you know, he originally was diagnosed with anxiety and depression, and his therapist said to him, well, honey, I'm sure she didn't call him honey, but I would call him honey because he's adorable. Um, But she said to him, well, you have anxiety and depression because of your ADHD. And let me tell you why, in my opinion, this is me, Carrie, now out of that conversation, just sharing that little nugget. I believe that the reason that that happens is, first of all, we look around and nothing fits. Nothing seems to fit. We're too big. We're too loud. We're too this. We're too that. 
we can't figure out how to just calm down or calm our insides or find a way to not feel weird when we're talking with a friend or talking to somebody new and feeling really fucking obscure and like, um, uh, um, you know, that can definitely happen with some ADHDers. Others will tell you their life story. Hi, I'm Susan and here's all my trauma. Like that's also another thing we do with ADHD. <laughs> we tell you all. And we also can recognize one another. What's really funny is when I was diagnosed and I looked around and I realized how many of my friends had ADHD. I was like, holy shit, birds of a feather. We flock together. <laughs> And so there is high functioning anxiety and high functioning ADHD and they look a little bit different, but they have so many things in common. So what Trevor Noah's therapist told him, like I said, is that the depression and the anxiety come from having ADHD and it wasn't diagnosed. The depression comes from feeling like you don't fit in or you can't find your place in the world. And so it's very depressing. And you develop depression because you can't understand why you cannot find your way to fit into the world. And then comes the anxiety. And why do you think we have anxiety? Again, these are my theories. I'm not a doctor. I'm just a woman who has been diagnosed, misdiagnosed with uh, one thing and finally diagnosed properly. And so I want to share this with you in case this happens to be you. It may not. You may just have anxiety and depression or just anxiety or just depression. It's all hard, by the way. There's, there's no one better than the other. But we are so busy being a chameleon. We are so busy trying to fit in. We are so busy trying to figure out how to make ourselves look normal in a world that sees us as weirdos or obscure or off or bizarre or any other word you want to put in there that you've been called or that you felt that you are. And that has caused anxiety. Because you're so anxious about making sure that people see that you're normal, that you're okay. There's nothing wrong with you. You're fine. You're totally awesome. You fit in, right? And then the funniest part, we're going to talk about business here for a second. And I've said this a million times is Instagram is like, you know, all our lives, all we've been trying to do is fit in. And then on Instagram, they're like, stand out. We're like, our whole lives, all we want to do is fit in and you want us to stand out. So then that gets confusing. It's like, okay, I wasn't supposed to stand out. Now I am supposed to stand out. What the fuck does that look like? So my point here is, first of all, if you have anxiety and depression and something still feels off, talk to your doctor. Talk to your doctor. Because so many women get misdiagnosed because they did not really understand the symptoms for women until pretty recently. And also you hear people saying, well, everybody's getting diagnosed with ADHD these days. It's like everybody, yeah, we're getting diagnosed because we're getting our proper diagnosis. We should have had that diagnosis before. When they know more, they do more. When they know better, they do better, hopefully. Not in every case, because I know not everybody has access to diagnosis. 
but at least here's how I knew I had it. I was on a magazine and it's the number one magazine for ADHDers. It's called Attitude, A-D-D-I-T-U-D-E.com. It's a on the internet magazine. And it showed this quiz and it said, basically, here are 16 things that ADHDers do. And I was 15 out of the 16. And what made it really funny was that it was so specific. I was like, what in the whole entire fuck? Having trouble with laundry and dishes. Hello, if you've on if you're on my Instagram, you've been watching like the laundry saga that I've been showing, trying to figure out how to make doing laundry work for my brain without overloading it. Fucking hate dishes. I'll just set them on the counter. The sink's right there. I don't care. Just <laughs> set them on the counter. Don't care. Another thing, you take a separate car so that you can leave when you need to leave. I've been doing that for years. I've learned how to do certain things to manage my ADHD before I even knew it's what I had. The reason I don't miss calls or things with my clients is because I am anal retentive about setting alarms. I have about 30 alarms on my phone and they're all set for different things. Such as book tomorrow's workout because you have to log in, right? You have to book it. or talking to Christy on, uh, you know, Zoom at 2.30 and, and setting an alarm for that. So I set it like a, an hour in advance. So in case I'm out somewhere and I forgot, I could just Zoom my ass home. I figured that out all on my own. Making my phone time way faster than the actual time and not actually knowing the exact time. I just pushed it a bunch of times and it's around 26 minutes, 27 minutes fast. You may think that's weird, but I'll tell you, I'm not late anymore. I'm on time now. I had to learn how to do those things. And that was all before my diagnosis. Now I've had medication. I'm going to ask for more extended relief. I think what they do is give you the short kind to see how you do with it. And then if it is working for you, they can give you a longer acting one. That's what my hope is, and I can fill you in on that. But I just wanted to share with you that if any of what I'm talking about is sounding familiar, as a woman, push for it. I don't care what they tell you. Push for it. Push for testing. Because you will be blown off, possibly. I was for a year. And finally, I said, fuck you. I'm going to push really hard until you make it happen. And I did. And the paperwork came in the mail. And I filled it all out as I was laughing, going, yep, everything on here is here. And of course, because I'm an overachiever, I have both kinds of ADHD. (laughs) There's one that's called inattentive, one that's called hyperactive, and then you can have both. So again, being an overachiever, I have both. Aren't I lucky? (laughs) But there are two different types too. So actually technically three. There's one type, the second type, and the third is a combo. So if you have any questions about any of the things that I shared with you about this, about the ADHD, DM me. I'm a person. I love you. I want to hear from you. 
I love talking to you. I love talking to the people who listen to podcasts. I love people talking to people who are on my Instagram. I love sharing. I'll give you one final note before I go. I was talking with a woman recently who had come to my two-day virtual event. And her and I were talking. And as I was talking and telling her all of the things that I experienced, it was almost like she was in tears because she's like, oh my God, somebody gets it. Somebody gets it. I'm the same. Yes, I do that. Yes, I do that. Yes, I do that. And she didn't feel so alone. And the whole reason why I do this work, the whole reason why I put mental health first in business with women, the whole reason is so that you can work with your brain, not against it. You can have community so you don't feel alone. That's why I do what I do. It's because I love you and I've been there and it's hard, but it can be easier. And that's what I'm here to teach. That is my mission. And with that, I'm going to end this episode. Thank you for listening. It's been a little more personal this time, but I just did want to share about that because I felt it was really important to share. I don't think that people who have ADHD fully realize that that's something that is possibly happening with them. And I'd rather let you know, and it's not you, than like not say a word and not share this part of my own personal journey as a business owner. And with that, I'm going to end this episode. It went a little long, just like the last one, but I just wanted to make sure I gave you all of that information and shared a little bit about what was going on with me and the ADHD and um, being uh, vintage now. So feel free to call me Vintage Carrie Out Loud. And... (laughs) Remember that I love you. I see you. I'm just like you. I'm rooting for you always. Stay bold, stay wild, stay audacious. Come back next time for a little more love. And I will talk to you soon. Bye. Wow, you're here at the outro. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Anxious Entrepreneur. I appreciate you so much. And if you have a question or there's something you heard today that really struck a chord about this episode, shoot me a DM on Instagram or send a message through my website. It's listed in the show notes. Also, if you are loving this podcast, can you please leave me a little love note on Apple in the form of a review and a five-star rating? It's just a little bit to ask. It'll help me get this podcast out to more women who are just like us. Be sure to subscribe, like, and share and all that jazz. And I'm so happy that you came today. I cannot wait for you to come back each week for a brand new episode. See you next time. Bye.